0: What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Bank Royal Blitz. It's your boy, Mr. Brad Thomas. We got Bobby over here, Prop Holiday. And we have a special guest, Stu, Monotone Football, joining us. How are you guys doing today? Good,
1: man. Good. Living the dream. We all got fresh haircuts in
0: the <laughs> we bank. Have, we got fresh haircuts. The Bank Royal Blitz boys are rocking the red. And we had a killer weekend last weekend. So let's see if we can go ahead and tune it up and get another great weekend. I'm going to start it off with my first play of the weekend. I'm going to go ahead with a field goal parlay, a field goal prop. For you guys who know and follow along, I absolutely love field goal props. This one is probably going to be the most sweaty one that I take all season. I'm going to start off with, it's a game Miami Dolphins traveling to the Buffalo Bills. I'm taking the Dolphins under a half field goal made, plus 190. And before I even looked at these odds, I was not banking on the fact that they didn't make a field goal in their last game against the Bills. But there's some... Truth about Jason Sanders struggling this year, he's hitting 70% of his field goals and he's struggling to to make field goals over 50 yards. What's really promising about this is the wind inside the game. You know, it won't affect a guy like uh, Tyler Bass, but it'll affect Sanders This 10 to 15, 10 to 15 mile per hour wind he doesn't have the length to kick through that kind of distance. And what also helps is if they're down, especially down by too much, they won't be kicking field goals. Buffalo it allows the second lowest field goals attempts per game. And the, I think they're fifth lowest in um field goals made per game. And reason being is most of the games they're playing in are blowouts. And, and I think the one game where it, it, it was close-ish was the Chiefs, and they still didn't even hit that total. So that's the first play that I have for the weekend.
1: Nice, man. Good stuff. I love a, I love a almost three to one under. Under on field goals made to start the podcast or to start the weekend. You, you need that vibe uh, heading into Halloween weekend. Spooky oh, shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. right, I'm just, oh, go ahead, man. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, I just want to jump in. I, I actually really like this one, right? Because I, I've said this all year, but kicking field goals against teams like the Bills and the Chiefs, that's kind of like giving up. Brian right. Flores is coaching for his job right now. This guy is clearly on the chopping block. They got beat 35-0 to last time out. You got to score touchdowns. You got to go for it on two. You got to press your luck right here if you want to beat the Bills. And you don't do that by kicking
1: field goals. Yeah. No, completely agree, man. Um, I'm going to take the ball and I'm going to jump over to the Titans Colts game this week. I love Carson Wentz over one and a half touchdowns, and it's plus 100. Couldn't believe these odds. Look into this. He's hit this in four straight games. He's hit this in five of seven on the season. Now, the reason I think this is so low and also at plus money is because the Titans are coming off their dominant performance against the Kansas City Chiefs last week. It's really driving this number down. But when you look at it, the Chiefs have been struggling all season, and they're so one-dimensional. They know that you're, you're not going to run the ball. Um, you know, they're not running the ball against anyone. And I was listening to Trent Dilfer this week. You need to beat teams defensively from the inside out. When you, when you do it that way, um, you're able to stretch the field the way Mahomes was. They're so one-dimensional. They were able to completely stop the pass and, and hold the Kansas City to no touchdowns. I think that's what's keeping this at plus odds for something that he's in four straight games. Um, if we look at the quarterbacks who have hit this against this Titans team, Zach Wilson had the best game of his career, uh, his young career. Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, four good quarterbacks have all hit this number uh, against this Titans defense. Charlie uh, Lawrence could not. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes could not. And then Carson Wentz, still early in the season, I think it was his second game, uh, played this Titans team, could not hit this number. It was essentially the preseason for him on a new team. So uh, Carson Wentz, over one-and-a-half touchdown passes at plus 100, at even money for something he's done in four straight games, I love it.
0: No, this is gonna cut this kind of aligns with my thought process later in our touchdown parlay. The the Titans have a what top five rush defense, especially when you get in the red zone, you think about Carson Wentz is gonna he's gonna have to figure out ways to score the ball because Jonathan Taylor's just not gonna waltz in the end zone like a lot of people think. I like getting plus money for this.
1: And they're not they're not a team built like the Kansas City Chiefs. They they yep. have a running game in Jonathan Taylor that you have to respect. Um, And I think that's really when we see Carson Wentz. He's getting touchdowns out. Mo Alley-Cox, Pittman. So he's really starting to settle into this offense. We're seeing the pass attempts go up. We're seeing them to be really, really competitive. So two touchdowns from Wentz, finally getting in his groove uh, at, at plus 100. I like it.
2: And also, additionally, too, right, Carson Wentz was a totally different guy with those two messed up ankles when they played earlier in the year. Right. He actually looks pretty good now. And I'm not really like a fan. I don't have any bias for Carson Wentz here, you know, but he actually looks like a totally different quarterback these last couple of weeks. And I think the books might just not have adjusted quite yet. Yeah,
1: I, I can he's still still fresh in their minds, but let's <laughs> yeah. go over to you. Stuart.
2: Yep. Yep. Okay. So my next, or my first play right here is going to be Kyle Pitts, longest reception over 21.5 yards. This is playable at 22.5 for 1.5 units. And also I think playable at 23.5, although I don't think it'll get there. I don't think we have to worry about that. Um, But yeah, so Kyle Pitts, when you think of tight ends, you normally never think of longest receptions, but this is one of my favorite um, bet types this year. And Kyle Pitts isn't running traditional tight end routes. He's not running those Evan Ingram, like really dirty kind of like five yard, like easy routes. He's running like legitimate, like contested catch one-on-one with the opposing cornerback routes. And they trust him. I mean, he just had that explosion game last week, obviously with, um, what 163 yards and his, he's had a longest reception, um, number above this in four out of five games, this year, despite the fact that he's playing on a pretty bad uh, Falcons offense, I think f- the Falcons are finally figuring some stuff out. I trust Arthur Smith. I liked him in Tennessee. I thought this was a good pickup. Um, he's finally got his bye week to get things together. And I was kind of expecting like a 24 or a 25 number. So to get this at 21, it's one of my favorites of the week. I love Pitts.
1: Yeah, he's you know, he's not running tight ends. He's not running tight end routes because he's not a tight end. He's essentially a wide receiver too. If you got him at tight end fantasy, you really lucked out after a couple opening shaky weeks. Um and I'm going to I'm going to tease a play that I'm going to be writing up later in this week, but since my uh, since Kyle Pitts has essentially been a wide receiver too, Hayden Hurst is actually a tight end. His line's so low. I I got it at 19 and a half. I don't want to take away from Kyle Pitts because he, Hayden Hurst is becoming a tight end because Kyle Pitts is becoming a top wide receiver too in this league essentially. Um, so no, I, I love this line. Aside from getting uh, his route trees a little bit deeper, he's breaking tackles. He's a big body guy that these smaller you know, free safeties, they cannot match up with him. Corners cannot match up with him. Um, so no, 21 and a half seems still pretty low in the the Kyle Pitts era of what we're, of what we're seeing early in the, the season.
2: Yeah. And even additionally, right. He's PFS highest grade rookie and he's their fourth highest grade tight end, right? This is unheard of a guy like this to be that highly graded as a rookie tight end. It's just great spot. Love the talent. And I love what you said about hers. Cause that's been like really on my radar for the whole week. I love that one too. That's awesome. Glad on that one, man.
0: I think he hit that, he hit that number multiple times last week. Cause I took, I, I put a $5 bill on uh him over 150 yards and he had back-to-back plays that were in that 22 to 25 range. And he still didn't hit the number at that point point. he got it a little bit later in the game, but I like that look there. Awesome. I'm going to go to my next play. I'm going back to the same game and taking another field goal prop. Listen, this would have been a multi-unit play. um, But first of all, I don't like multi-unit plays that are juicy and there's a couple of reservations that I have about making multi-unit, but I, I am very confident in playing this. It is the Buffalo bills over one and a half field goals made this number. Uh, I should I would have put it at probably two and a half. And I'm not going to use the, the logic of the three and a half total set for total field goals in a game thinking that the Buffalo Bills are going to make three, but it's all because of Tyler Bass. Tyler Bass is a phenomenal kicker at 93% success rate this year. Also, the Bills are kicking their number one team in made field goals per game. Their number one team in made and attempted field goals per game at home. Oh wait, they're also playing against a Dolphins team who just lets you march down the field, and a logic much different than a field goal prop I used for the Raiders about drive stalling out. It's not really about drive stalling out when you play when you have the Buffalo Bills. It's about the amount of chances they have when they're in the in the gray zone, if you want to call it. Because the Dolphins are allowing teams to get inside of that area so frequently that the Bills are going to have no other chance. They're either going to score touchdowns or score field goals. So I, I like that play a lot. Um, I, I, I tried to shop the run, shop the line a lot. I was a little bit late to market, so we're kind of stuck with the minus one fifty. But uh, I'm 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 going to be rooting for Bath this weekend.
1: Two field goal plays, <laughs> one game, Halloween <laughs> weekend. This is what Bankroll Blitz <laughs> does. We're finding value under every stone, including Buffalo Miami kicking battles. Uh, Stuart, you want to add anything to this one? I mean.
2: When you beat every team so easily, it's easier to kick field goals, right? Like those stats you named, I don't think those are sustainable in the playoffs when no. games actually matter. They're gonna go for it. They're a well coached team. But when you're up 24 to 3 over the Dolphins, or not three, 24 to seven over the dolphins, then <laughs> you know it's much easier to just settle for a field goal. And like you said, Bass, I mean, he carried my fantasy team last year. I think he'll carry
1: some bets for us this year. I like it.
0: Absolutely. Go ahead and kick us off with your next play, Bobby.
1: I got you, man. I'm going to Adam Thielen over five and a half receptions again at plus 100. Could not believe I'm getting these at plus odds. So Thielen hit this in four of six games this season. The only two he didn't hit it, Dalvin Cook didn't play. Dalvin Cook is back this week. And what we were talking about with playing inside out, it really opens up this Viking off this Vikings offense. Um, it we see we've seen the importance of being less one dimensional in the NFL. Um, he's had eight plus targets in five of six games this year, and we know how sure handed he is. Um, Diggs, kind of the he's a defensive player of the year candidate, likely to get Justin Jefferson uh, on the other side of the ball. Um, and then he, uh, Veland played this Dallas Cowboys team a little bit different defense, a little bit different schematically, but he had eleven targets, eight receptions against this Cowboys in twenty twenty. Um, I love this play. I love Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, and Cook in that offense rolling against the Cowboys team, who may be without Dak, which we just heard about. May may not. I don't think it's been determined yet. But Adam Thielen to get six receptions at plus odds, essentially even money. Um, I'm rolling
0: with one unit on. No, that's totally cool with me. Hey, the the Dallas Cowboys defensively are one of the worst defensive teams and their pace that they play with uh, there's a reason why they're the top over under team in football um you just think about look at what mac jones did with his receiving core i really like this play
2: and even look too like like you mentioned it too Diggs is playing very good defense right this guy's a good corner he's a ball hawk he's going to be all over justin jefferson on the other side of the ball it's it'll be much easier to line up adam's Thielen in the slot every once in a while, get him those low average depth of target um, receptions and let him do some work after the catch. You know, Thielen's like one of the most reliable receivers in football at this point. So it's hard to not see him get six catches against what could be a a
1: shootout against Dallas. right? And, and you, like we mentioned Dalvin Cook, what are you doing? You're bringing that safety into the line of scrimmage. You're bringing, you're not going two linebackers, five DBs. You're going with your your three linebackers. That's really going to open things up for Adam Thielen, like you said, in those short and intermediate routes, quick catches. I don't know about his yards. His yards a little bit too high for me, but him getting the ball in short spaces, um, I, I like Thielen to hit this, especially at plus
0: odds. Awesome, cool, Stu. Go ahead and, and tell us your next play.
2: <clears throat> yeah, so it's Alvin Kamara over forty point five receiving yards, um, and yeah, I mean. This see if you just look at the box scores, right? This isn't going to be your favorite play. He's only hit in uh, two games this season so far. But honestly, I had this number projected at fifty point five, so I would play it anywhere up until there for one unit. Um, yeah, Kamara is. I don't he's probably not the, he's probably the second best receiving back in football. I would say behind uh, Christian McCaffrey, but this team wasn't using him like that. To start out the year, he was getting his highest career rushing attempts per game and his lowest career receiving yards per game. And we kind of knew this was bound to change, right? It finally happened against Washington, and then they went into the bye week. He only got 50 against Washington, that still caches this number, and that was around the season average last year. Um, but finally, we saw what we'd all been waiting for after the bye week. He had a, over 100 yards receiving last week. And now we get a Tampa Bay defense, right, who is – historically great against the run like this has been the best rush defense over the last three years in football now we get alvin Kamara, who's their best offensive player if they want to keep this game close alvin Kamara is going to have to play a huge part in that and so what i'm expecting is just get him the ball any way you can and i'm expecting six plus catches 60 plus yards here I think we're in store for a huge game for Alvin Kamara. And a couple of people have brought up Mark Ingram signing to me, but I actually think that only makes this better, right? Because then you can line them up in the slot more and still have a, a respectable running back um, behind the line of scrimmage for defenses to take account to. So I'm not worried at all. I love Kamara this week. One of my favorite spots.
1: Love it. You're not getting any pushback from me, man. I would love to see this this number open this low, especially at the performance we saw the other night. He is getting back into the rhythm of being the Alvin Kamara the past couple of years, and Mark Ingram really just solidifies that. So I'm really glad that he brought up the the Ingram play. He knows the offense. He's going to hit the ground running, no pun intended, Um, but it gives – Kamara the chance to line up in the slot a little bit more and not have to be uh, so much in the backfield. Curious what his I'm curious what Alvin Kamara's uh, rush attempts are. If it's still up there, you know, if it's still in that 15 to 16 range, it may be worth going under. But the play I would say is the receiving yards as long as they're this low.
2: Yeah, I don't have it right in front of me, but it's definitely going to be over that 15 or 16 mark because it's been in the 20s the last couple weeks. Um, So I could see it being like 16, 17, 18. I don't have it in front of me, obviously,
1: but definitely something to look out for. Everything's connected to something else. You just got
0: to look for it. Awesome. I'm going to go ahead and kick off Operation Fade, which has been undefeated this season with one push. We absolutely – Nailed the analysis of that Bengals game. Man, Bankroll Blitz was on spot with that. This week was a little bit tough. Um, there were a couple games that I couldn't quite get get to the window to. For those who haven't been following for a long time, Operation Fade, we look at the top four heavily bet games by the public. Well, with a little bit of the Dak Prescott questionable news, the the lines have changed a little bit, and we've seen action change a lot in the past hour, two hours. So right now the rankings we have are the Bills getting the most public money, then the Bengals, then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and in the fourth spot, the bet we're gonna look at are the Seattle Seahawks getting 72% of the money. So first I'm gonna start at line movement. It's very important to track line movement in NFL uh, because the pub, it's one of the heaviest bet sports. So the public has a lot of interest, I guess you'd say. The, the books have a lot of interest in what the public's doing and what Sharp Money's doing. The line has only moved half a point, and you're still getting in most books less than minus 105 for value on Jacksonville at plus at plus 3.5. So that already starts to look a little fishy to me. It's a lot like when we were talking about the um Los Angeles Chargers versus the Baltimore Ravens, where the Chargers were getting about 82%, 82% of the money, and the line didn't budge one single I mean 80% money, one one bit, right? So now we have to look at Jacksonville. How has Jacksonville performed as a road dog? Excellent. Four and one against the spread as a road dog. And they are coming off their first win of the season with that great field goal kick by the UCF kicker. And if you guys don't know, I'm a UCF alum, so I I have a little soft spot for UCF kickers um, over the Dolphins. Well, Seattle comes in this game, and they're not very stellar as a favorite. One and four against against the spread as favorites. And... One common misconception that I when when I really really first started studying the the twelfth man is Seattle performs so much better at home. Well, it's not true. Against the spread, their numbers are almost equal to the against the spread on the road. And if you look at some of the double digit the double digit lines are a little bit higher where they're covering well in double digit. But when they go to single digit against the spread at home, it, I, they're actually have a losing record. It's only by like two games over the past two and a half seasons. Um, which kind of makes me think that the Jacksonville will be in this. They're gonna. The Seattle Seahawks is gonna need a lot from Geno Smith. And if you look at that Saints game, we know it's a rain game. 167 yards, one touchdown. They weren't getting enough out of him. Steelers game, yeah, he, he was asked to do a lot because they were down so big, and still, they didn't get a lot out of him. And we can't. We're not gonna really talk about the Rams game because that's when he came in for injury. But still, I'm not sold on Geno Smith. I think that that Jacksonville is a live dog here. And if I'm fading the public. 3.5, that number where we get that very important hook number, 3.5, I really like it.
1: Yeah, I mean, especially this – This I love the play. Obviously, Operation Fave, we're, we're doing our thing this season. Um, you can see Trevor Lawrence settling down a little bit. He's making a little bit more plays with his legs. Um, Robinson is a very underrated running back in the NFL. He's turning out yards. Um, Marvin Jones kind of been up and down all season, but I like them. I, I like this team – growing. Um, Urban Meyer may not be there at the end of this season, um, but maybe a bye week helps him out a little bit. Uh, I do love the three and a half. The half is the big number for me. Um, I could see this being a field goal game and, and Jacksonville making it way more competitive. So 74% on the Seattle Seahawks that defensively it's it's one of the worst defenses we've seen from them that they've put out in a while. Um, Jamal Adams is Someone who you have to form a defense around him in order for him to be successful, which is a little bit weird to me. Um, and then Gino Smith, I'm I'm not buying on their running backs. Uh, it is you know it is what it is. Alex Collins, uh, is, how long is Chris Carson out? Do we
0: know? He should be coming back soon, but he's probably not going back this week. So
1: yeah, let me let me roll with the uh, with the home dog um, at plus three and a half. I'll take it.
2: I love those trends Brad brought up too, right? those against the spread records this year, because even without looking at that, I was already on board with Jacksonville. But once you back it up with the data, it's always great. But just to like logic it out for a second. Right. We know, like you said, Lawrence has been settling in. Jacksonville clearly can move the ball down the field. That's not their problem with a lot of these rookie quarterbacks like Zach Wilson. He actually can't move the ball down the field, which is a problem. Lawrence has actually passed that test so far. He's moving the ball down the field. Well, the problem is once they get into the red zone, it's a, it's a mess. Um, But all we need is really one week uh, to turn that kind of regression around. And, Seattle I'm just worried if they can keep up I feel like a lot of people looked at this and just went Seattle Jacksonville give me Seattle only three and a half points oh yeah you know who cares about Geno Smith they're still better but I don't think we can trust that name value this year like you said with the defense it's not a great unit Um, I'm a little sad that DJ Chark is out for the year that's one of my one of my guys I like him a lot but Uh, They'll work through it. And 3.5 is live. And like you said, I think this, this could be upset alert, right? I think Jacksonville has a chance to sneakily win this one right here.
0: Absolutely. I'm glad you guys are on board with that. Operation Fade lives on. It's been one of my favorite things to talk about. Bobby, go ahead with your last play of the game. This
1: is my Halloween weekend spooky play, my scary play. It is betting on a Jets offensive player. I have Michael Carter over 67 and a half rushing plus receiving yards. I love this for the volume of touches I think this guy is going to get, obviously, with the backup quarterback for the Jets starting this week. Um, he's got the bulk of the snaps at running back in the three straight weeks. He's had 10-plus rushes in three straight weeks. Um, this is a game that I expect them to be playing from behind, similar to the New England game last week. Carter had nine targets for eight receptions and 67 yards. He became the favorite target for a backup um a backup quarterback, just getting his first snaps. You got to realize going into the preseason, these guys played together on the second team. There's a little bit of a rapport. Um, The jet season's already over They're They're pivoting to their rookies, rookies that have promise. Carter being one of these guys. Um, We've seen this. um, We've seen this team get eaten up. uh, We've seen this Bengals team get eaten up um, for 14 receptions for 102 yards by Najee Harris. The reason I like this so much, I think Carter's going to get anywhere from 13, 12 to 14 actual carries, and he's probably going to get five or six targets in the passing game. So, for me to get essentially a number one running back in a game where they're going to be down at 67.5 rushing and receiving yards, it is risky because it's the Jets, but the number's so low and his touches, I expect to be in that range. Um, I'm rolling the dice for half a unit as my spooky Halloween play of the week, a Jets offensive player to go over <laughs> on something.
0: You got balls, man. <laughs> I think we're both like woof, man. I think yeah. we, started, we started sweating. I started eating my, my Halloween candy. Yeah, right. early I like now. being
1: the Zach guy. I like going the opposite direction. <laughs> I see value in a guy who will have an abundance of touches. Um, and I do think they're going to be playing from behind a lot. So I, I do think uh, the receiving part of this is going to be a lot. But to start the game in the first half, they're going to try to run the ball. And he's going to be the number one running back that gets those touches. He's had 10 plus in three straight weeks. I think he's tapped out around 13 rushes. If he can churn out three yards of carry, that's half of this right there. Um, and three yards of carry is being not generous at all. So um, it is a half a unit play. It is spooky, spooky. Um, let's let's roll on.
2: <laughs> awesome. I mean, Carter is Carter a pass catcher coming out of college too, right? Like a lot of fantasy guys were big in him at the beginning of the year. And like you said, those targets that, that speaks volume, right? It, you need to overreact when it's a quarterback coming in for his. First game, you need to look at very closely at what he did, and it's clear the checkdown was kind of his thing, right? It was with that pass rush coming against the Jets every game. We're going to see a lot of checking down when a guy can get this with only like his receiving yards. Then you gotta you gotta pull the trigger, despite that that very scary Jets name right next to the <laughs> the Michael Carter.
1: Appreciate awesome. That.
0: Let's get into our uh, our touchdown parlay. We were so close last week. I think that we have a great opportunity to hit this one. Uh, go ahead, Bobby, and go through your guys. Then then I'll go through mine. Then we'll let Stu go through his.
1: We'll, we'll, we'll stay on that on that Bengals-Jets game. Um, Samaji Pirine, plus 275 to get the end zone. He scored the last two weeks. Um, he, he's actually been getting more and more touches. I think he's had 11 carries in the last two games. I think Zach Taylor is figuring out, I can extend Joe Mixon, his season – um, and I'm probably going to need him because we're talking bang, We're talking playoffs with these Bengals. I can extend him um, by sparing him with Samaji Piran. Piran has seen 61% of the snaps uh, against Green Bay, 48% of the snaps against Baltimore. Yes, it was a blowout. But I, I think we're seeing a trend that's going to start with Piran. scoring in the last two. Um, and it really it spells Joe Mixon so well. And you really got to start thinking long-term if you're Zach Taylor. I need this guy come December come January. Um, So him at plus 275 for something he's done the last two weeks against a Jets team that's been putrid against the run, um, sign me up. That is my first touchdown guy. He's the long shot of this. Uh, my second one's Calvin Ridley. We talked about this, uh, this Falcons game earlier before with Kyle Pitts. He's really coming into his own and me and uh, me and Stuart were talking before about what that means for Ridley. He's kind of been the forgotten man in the last couple weeks. He is a number one wide receiver in the NFL. He is a top tier guy. I think how successful Pitts has been is really going to only open up opportunities for Calvin Ridley in this offense, his line is down to like 74 and a half on the receiving yards, which is a bit disrespectful for, for Calvin Ridley. Um, but him to get in the end zone is plus 122. And I do think uh, Kyle Pitts is going to draw a little bit more attention than he has. Um, still expect him to go over his 21 and a half longest reception. But Calvin Ridley uh, to get one in the end zone are my two touchdowns, Ridley and
0: Piron. Yeah, for my uh, first one, I'm going to go with Debo Samuel. And this one, I was shocked. I know it's going to be a low-scoring game, but shocked to get it at this price. Because if you look at the NFL, for anybody who's fantasy football uh, aficionados or loves fantasy football, the Bears D is not the Bears D that we were drafting four years ago. This Bears D has allowed the most touchdowns, 12, to uh, wide receivers this year and also the fewest to running backs. And a lot of it has to do with the the stoutness of the Bears' uh, defensive line. And I talked about this earlier. When you have good defensive lines, you have to you have to kind of do what uh, like a Sean McVay style of offense, where you get your wide receivers in on screens, tunnel screens. Or you can even just kick it out wide, and you have to get creative. Well, since George Kittle's been out, Debo Samuel's number, Debo Samuel's target share inside the red zone has gone up, and a lot of it has to do with Ayuk. So Ayuk said that he's working very hard to gain the trust of his of his coaching staff and he's just not quite there and when you have a guy like Debo samuel who's willing to sell out to go deep and also willing to sell out inside the red zone he makes it a very very profitable number at plus 175. i'm going to go with my second one deandre swift i'm going back to the well here so the eagles defense is very interesting to think about It's, it's a defense that's allowed seven touchdowns to running backs but also it's allowed six touchdowns to running backs out of the backfield. And what about the backfield, that's pass catching running backs. We have DeAndre Swift who has the opportunity to do both because he's going to be used a lot. He's going to be used in screens, to be used running the ball. And when you have a guy with high usage that you're getting plus money on against a team who also allows a ton of really leaky touchdowns, I got to take it there.
2: Man, you guys are reminding me why you guys are the pros at this, right? These are awesome so far. I definitely got to get that P. Ryan in as a single too, right? Because with those nice little 275 odds, you know, Mixon, the guy can't stay on the field. P. Ryan's going to keep being a thing, whether fantasy owners like it or not, including myself, right? I've got him in a bunch of leagues, but it's okay.
1: (laughs) Same
2: here. Um, But yeah, so moving into mine now, we got Josh Allen to score a touchdown at plus uh, 145, right? So Allen, when you look at it, he's – in my opinion, this might be a little controversial. The best red zone running quarterback there is, right? Guys like Kyler and Lamar are very good. But the, the thing that really separates them is stature. You can wrap up Lamar Jackson at the goal line. Same with Trey Lance. These kind of players, if you hit them hard, they go down. Allen is a huge human human being, right? This guy is, what, 6'5", you know, just a, an absolute monster that really can tuck the ball and take a hit. And that's kind of what I look for in these kind of props I think their implied team total is almost at 30, if not over 30 in this game. So Vegas is expecting clearly a lot of touchdowns. And my favorite red zone running back on this team is Josh Allen. It's not Zach Moss. It's not Devin Singletary. When the moment is the biggest, Allen is going to be the guy with the ball in his hands. And that's always what I'm looking for right here. And then my second guy, this one, uh, you know, I've been called a lot of things. Creative might not be one of them. Derrick Henry to score a touchdown, Right. This is just a staple at this point. If the Titans want to stay in games, this needs to happen, right? Like this isn't like what I look for in player props in general. My philosophy is kind of like, how do these teams want the games to go, right? We want to be in sync with what exactly what the team wants to do. And that's going to be give Derrick Henry as many opportunities as possible to get in the end zone. It's minus 170. So I wouldn't play it as a single necessarily, but when we got all these other ones, uh, this one doesn't mitigate the, it doesn't mess up the, the parlay too much. So I love Henry. He gets in there. I mean, it's like clockwork at this point. I, I think it's a good addition to this parlay.
0: Hey guys, thank you for adding these. Uh, so the odds on these are ridiculous. $20 wins you $3,282. And for the first time, what we're going to do is we're going to put some money aside and we're going to take this parlay and we're going to give it out to one of our listeners, but you must be following us on Twitter. And how you follow us on Twitter is at, bankroll blitz if you want to follow me on twitter that's at mr mr brad thomas you want to follow bobby that's at prop holiday two l's you want to follow Stu, that's at monotone football one l guys thank you so much for listening to bankroll blitz be sure to download the podcast on itunes stitcher and if you're watching on youtube press the subscribe button and leave a comment take care take care guys